Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 19 of Stick Signals. I'm your host, Ruben Morales. Not alongside my good friends. We are all over the country. Uh, Mick, uh, you're back in North Carolina. How are you? I'm doing quite well, watching the wind blow outside. It looks a little stormy. Uh, yeah, talk about storms. Holy cow, Midwest storms are crazy. I got to experience that the other night. I, I haven't heard thunder in a while, and man, that thunder woke me up. It was insane. Anyway, Mike Warren, you are... Somewhere in the Northeast. How are you? Doing good. In Albany, New York. Coincidentally, just happens to be get to head to my home track tonight for a Super Dirt Car Series event. Can't go, can't go wrong with that. And should be should be a great event. But of course, we're in the Northeast because the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings, Late Models are on the Northeast swing through New York and Pennsylvania as we get ready for the Firecracker 100 this week. Yeah, Firecracker is going to be big. Uh, uh, good luck on the mic. Uh, you know, mic on mic can't be bad there. So you do a phenomenal job. Can't wait to hear you. That's going to be on Dirt Vision. But nonetheless, um, yeah. Firecracker this week, K. Diller defending winner. K. Diller going to run some summer national races this weekend. How about that? The defending champ is actually already uh, in Iowa, believe it or not. He's in a, he has a shop and he's going to race LaSalle on Wednesday. And uh, it's it's crazy. K. Dillard is uh, doing a lot of racing. It's going to be I'm going I don't know if we'll see any more outlaws on Wednesday with the summer nationals. But nonetheless, yes, Firecracker, uh, Mike. It was kind of a wet weekend for you guys. Unfortunately, yes, we had three races scheduled: State Line Speedway on Thursday, which we got in Saturday or Friday at. Thunder Mountain, which unfortunately we didn't get in. Same thing with Sealands Grove. Tough weekend in the Northeast from Rainbow. When we get to the summer months, unfortunately, that's something, especially in the Northeast, that's going to happen. It was a good good run, though, Thursday night. Dave Hess picking up his second career World of Outlaws win, holding off BSHAP throughout the entire thing. Picked up his first one at Wayne County a few years back, and the Wizard looked pretty good. And, you know, one thing we always say when we come to the Northeast it is a little bit like Illinois. You get some of these local guys, they're pretty good. Yeah, I was talking to Hannah Newhouse, and she said, holy cow, like the locals are pretty good. I'm like, yeah, the locals in Pennsylvania are always really good. That's why we were trying to make this debate a couple weeks ago. Is there a Pennsylvania posse? Because they're so good. But, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good drivers. It was really good to see, uh, you know, uh, Dave Hess win. It was awesome. Shepard was close. Uh, how about Shepard? Uh, yes, he didn't win, but yet he was the, the top outlaw extending that point lead. He was good once again. There's no question about it. And he got there and, you know, basically I talked to Brandon after the races and he just said, you know, Dave Hess's guys moved them up exactly what he's supposed to do. And Brandon just couldn't. He pretty much took the outside lane away. Uh, Mike, I was going to mention Brandon Shepard increases the point lead 52 points over Chris Mann Bruning third in points, uh, 174 behind Shepard. Ricky Wise fourth. Cade Dillard fifth. Cade Dillard's creeping up. He is up to fifth. Ryan Gustin sixth. Dennis Herb Jr. seventh. Boom Bricks eighth. Brent Larson ninth. And Kyle Strickler in the top 10. That's the way the points are right now. Well, you, you say Kay Dillard's creeping up, but you got to look right behind him to see who's also really, I'm going to say, reaping yes. up through the standing. As Ryan Gustin now only two points out of fifth heading into this weekend. And the way things have gone trend-wise, not taking anything away from Kay, because obviously he's won this event before, so he knows what he's doing at Lernerville. Ryan could easily be fifth by the end of the weekend because it's really only one position. And I think you really look at it, Ryan Gustin, is on a trend and he's catching Bruning for rookie of the year too. I was going to say less than a hundred points away from Tyler Bruning for getting that rookie of the year. And uh, let's not forget, Gustin is going to go to some tracks that he knows uh, really well here in a little bit when you make that little Northern swing up there. Um, but yeah, that's going to be good. Gustin closing in on him. Keep your eyes. Uh, fear the Reaper, as we like to say. Um, 
and, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how how those two how how those two uh, battle it out for the rookie of the year. Chris Madden still don't count him out. Obviously, you know, coming off a good second a couple weekends ago at the Dream, that momentum's still rolling. That that team do not count them out. We have a good points battle for the championship and a good points battle for the rookie of the year and in between. It'll be good to say, but like we said, unfortunately. We only got one race in, so the bulk of this, we're going to have to go to some Summer Nationals talk, and it, it was pretty good. You know, a very good start. We got to watch the opening one, and we'll start off at Brownstown, and I'll tell you what, Bobby Pierce put on a show, but it was the land of Lance for a while in that first race. Yeah, how about Tim Lance? And, you know, Tim Lance actually was a former NFL player. He played for the Chicago Bears. Uh, his nickname is actually Buckethead, and um, <laughs> we really don't use that, but his nickname's Buckethead, and he used to uh, play for the Chicago Bears, which, by the way, we will have to get him on Stick Signals to get that cool, interesting story um, and talk to him about that. Then he We are effort- actually literally efforting that as we speak. Oh, perfect. So, and, and the funny thing about Tim Lance, he used to race uh, – back in the day he was a former track champion at the uh, Peoria Speedway back in 2003 and 2007 and then he got out of it and uh, he came back so this year that team when they unloaded at Brownstown they had a new hauler he had a new MB custom like that that team was way more prepared than ever like last year they tackled it full time with the dirt car summer nationals this year they're doing the same thing and they're just way more prepared and you can tell and this year he has his son tim lance jr again like last year and his other son brandon lance so the lances are just way more prepared this year i think uh that was a phenomenal run you you look at his finishes after week one uh tim lance that third place at brownstown was amazing after leading a couple laps on the bottom uh 21st at peoria 15th at Kankakee. 15th is pretty good. 11th at Tri-State was amazing. And a 12th at Fairbury. Uh, you know, that, that that is huge for Tim Lance. And it's good to see a driver like that come out and be competitive right out the box with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. He is. And that's the cool thing about the Summer Nationals. Yeah, you got your Devin Morantz. You got your Tanner Anglishes. You got your Bobby Pierce's, the big names that are going to come out and win races. I want to throw Shannon Babb into that too. But it, it's the guys you don't expect making great runs on this stretch of races that's going to be tough that is awesome but we'll go back to bobby pierce now he wins the point title in week number one and you know some pretty good drives out there that's for sure yeah bobby pierce obviously we talk about him getting those two outlaw wins that momentum carrying carried on into the summer nationals and bobby was kind of concerned because we talk about him winning those longer distance races and he said he wasn't going to be good on these shorter distance races especially after a you know uh terrible weekend at the dream he just struggled and all of a sudden that team turned around right back and did phenomenal they won the opening two nights of the dirt car summer nationals qualified well won his heat and bobby pierce wins the first two races well it should be mentioned that uh today's guest nick nick graziano actually showed up the day before that first held tour race to, to help him out and and i don't know i'm not saying that nick brought the magic but nick was there uh wrenching on cars and helping them get the thing turned around so that's an interesting story too uh in and of itself funny thing about nick graziano he said no tires came off that's a win for me <laughs> that's always good for him and you know he, he was having a good time out there i can't wait to sit down and actually you know hear all about this in a little bit because you know it, it's it's really a grind all week and you know he got to be a part of it and it's going to be fun to yeah you got to love nick graziano well, the, the, then the guy leaves the hell tour and goes out to uh Dubuque and is there for Donnie Shots' 300 win. So uh, Nick Nick Graziano had quite the week. Yeah, he definitely did. It was really cool to see that picture. I saw him at, at Brownstown and I just said hi. You know, I thought he was out there with Jordan, you know, just, you know, out there with PR. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I saw him in victory lane with Pierce and I'm like, wait, what's happening here? And then I realized what he was doing. So some good content coming out soon uh, here um, from 
World Racing Group. Uh, that's going to be a very fun story that he's going to put together. Uh, a, a big story he has to put together. There's a lot of details. And, and yeah, what a what a weird um, time. I mean, that was not a weird time, like a perfect time, I should say. He wins two races with Pierce. Uh, they hit a deer with his truck going to Tri-City. Like, he got the full experience where, you know, you have to, you know, just survive on the road on the right, national nationals that's why it's called the hell tour it's just absolutely unreal he showed up and the car was in pieces because they tore it up at the dream they weren't even really sure if they were going to put it back together so they thrashed all night to get the thing together so yeah he lived the real experience the hell tour experience for sure yeah he really did well enough about the late models for a second let's go to the modified portion of things and uh well if you had nick hoffman winning five times on your bingo card you have won the game because he is on fire just to start things off already, and really out of a shock. <laughs> yeah, we talked about going into the year how the number 24H of Mike Harrison has a total of 52 career Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified National wins. Uh, Nick Hoffman needed 14. Well, guess what? He is up to 43 Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified National victories, uh, only nine behind uh, Mike Harrison. And Mike Harrison was there for two of those events, Tri-City and Fairbury. And unfortunately, uh, Fairbury, Mike Harrison ended up hitting the wall, puncturing the right front. Um, and then Tri-City, Hoff, uh, Hoffman just won his heat race. Harrison didn't, and it was just tough to catch up to uh, Hoffman once he took the lead. But yeah, five in a row for Nick Hoffman. How he said it was a rough start for him uh, two years ago on this Hell Tour. And to come out here two years later and win the first five, uh, that is a big accomplishment for him and his team. And obviously, we talk about him building his own chassis, elite chassis. Uh, I have big respect for drivers that build their own stuff, uh, whether it's their own engine, whether it's their own car, whether it, whatever it is, because they know, you know, what, what, what they're trying to feel. And Nick, if he doesn't like something the way it feels, he's going to make sure he makes it feel like driving a, you know, a Ferrari out there. He's just so comfy in that car. He is unstoppable right now. Like he, he has me convinced that he's going to win every single show, but nonetheless, don't count out other guys that have been really good, like a Nick Allen, like a Kyle Hammer, uh, you know, and other guys like that. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if anyone stops Nick Hoffman here, uh, real quick. I want to talk about night number three, Devin Moran won that night. Devin Moran, he was phenomenal. The first night of Brown. Brownstown. He got second to Pierce. He got fifth uh, at Peoria, and he finally got that win that third night. Uh, unfortunately, that team is back in Ohio. They will not be with us for the remainder of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals unless they surprise us, but I don't think so. Uh, he got eighth at Tri-City and third at Fairbury. Uh, you look at Tri-City Speedway, Tanner English got the win. Guys, I really want to talk about Tanner English, and uh, I think this is the one you guys watched, Mike, if I'm not uh, mistaking. Yes, it was a Tri-City night. You guys watched uh, in the parking lot in the middle of Pennsylvania after you guys' rain out. Uh, on Dirt Vision, presented by Dryden Pierce, uh, was your point leader, uh, Tanner English, second at the end of the week, only by 15 points. We all know uh, one of the big storylines going into the season, there's been a total of 16 straight Illinois champions. Is this the year that that gets, you know, uh, knocked down where Tanner English gets a championship? Because right now he's only second in points, 15 points behind Pierce going into the second week. And and Tanner showed speed every night he was out there too. So I mean, he, he we know that those guys put an extra effort in this year to to winning not only this championship but the UMP uh, late model national points too. So uh, the performance definitely shown. I think he's definitely a threat. You look at his finishes. Tanner has three fourths. He got fourth at Brownstown, fourth at Peoria, fourth at Kankakee, a win at Trice City, and a second at Falls. His worst finish is fourth. He's been the most consistent because you look at Pierce, two wins, third, second, but a fifth. And, and Tanner has three fourths in a row, a first and a second. Like, 
they're pretty even there. Obviously, Pierce is your point leader, but man, Tanner is looking strong here in the early stages of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. And not to mention, with the rainout at Plymouth, that is not going to be rescheduled. It's a rainout, so it's three days for these teams to get ready, and these guys are ready for the second week. I'd like to talk about Ashton Winger a little bit. I mean, he has been fast. He just has this horrible mechanical luck and like just things can't go right for him. But what was his top finish last week? So Ashton Winger... Excuse me. Ashton Winger's best finish was a seventh, and that was at Peoria. And uh, let's keep in mind uh, how how you said he just can't put a whole night together without breaking something. The first night, Ashton Winger went out for his first qualifying lap, set second quick in his group, and was going to start on the outside of the front row's heat race. On his second lap in turn number two, blew an engine. So he had to go to a backup car, start in the rear of his heat race and work his way to the front and salvage an eighth that night when he could have started on the front row of his heat race and possibly started on the front row. We don't know. And then got seventh at Peoria, uh, ninth at Kankakee, 16th at Tri-City. And remember, Tri-City, he should have finished better than 16th. This is going to be one of the nights that he drops because he um, ended up breaking a transmission early in the night, had to start the consolation. So the way it works with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, it's a little different format than the world of outlaws. Uh, you have to run a consolation to get into the last chance showdown from the last chance showdown into the feature. While Ashton started in the consolation race, won the consolation race, started 13th in the last chance showdown, won the last chance showdown, started 17th in the feature, was up to 7th, and then hit the wall coming off of turn number 4 and would end his night so he would finish 16th. I mean, Ashton has had good runs, but he just can't put a whole night together without something breaking or something happening to him. So he got 10th at Falls as well. Uh, So good finishes, just... It's been rough for Ashton, but you know one thing about that team? They will not quit. They literally, after Peoria, the second night, they went back, switched engines to his MB Custom out of his rocket. They stayed up all night. Like, this team has been grinding, and these three days are the days they needed to regroup and reorganize and check everything on the cars, and they're going to be a force to be wrecking with this week, Mick. I believe so. I think that they'll, you know, they show that they have speed, and if they, they just need to put everything together. And, um, you know, with Moran falling off or leaving us you know that gives him he's he's you know ashton's not even that bad in points he's sixth in points um he's well out of the lead but he could pick off a couple places and points pretty quickly yeah how you mentioned devin moran they're third in points devin's not going to continue so reality realistic wise if you look at the points pierce is your leader tanner english second brian shirley third jason fager fourth ashton winger fifth top five in points is pretty darn good with the dirt car summer nationals uh because you still have other guys that are doing it full time that are behind him uh, billy moyer jr uh, is behind him he would realistically be sixth tim lance seventh joe Gotzi eighth ryan unzicker ninth bob gardner tenth uh, mitch mcgrath frank heck jr brandon lance but let's not forget Forget, guys. These are the points just through week one, and we still have to drop five races. So nothing's out of the equation here. It's still anybody's championship. It's so early in the season. We still have Mm -hmm. 30 races to go. Now, do we have an idea of which races like certain guys will be missing? I know you mentioned Bobby Pierce is going to be missing five down the stretch. Yeah, so yeah. that's going to be during uh, the, the Nebraska weekend, and I'm not entirely sure which weekend that is, um, but I... I, I, I would have to look at the calendar there. But yes, you did mention that. But now he also told me now with a rain out, 
Well, now you can only drop three. Now you can only drop four of your Bobby Pierce because he's going to miss. Well, actually, he's going to miss four, so he can still drop one. But now with the rainout, he can only drop you know less, and he knows there could possibly be more rainout, so that's less drops for Bobby Pierce. So right now we don't know. Uh, he's kind of playing it year by year, day by day. He might stay full time with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. We don't know with how good he's rolling. Uh, for example, Bobby Pierce was planning on going to the Firecracker, uh, but guess what? With with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals point lead, with already winning two five thousand to win shows, he's not going to the Fire firecracker he's staying here because uh he wants to win the summer nationals again he he's super hungry for this obviously we talk about bobby pierce being a three-time dirt car summer nationals champion uh 15 16 and 17 and he says it's been a while we got to get back to the top of this deal and i think this is the year that pierce is a force to be reckoned with but also you have tanner english and and how about this we have i haven't even mentioned brian shirley's name that much surely uh i don't i mean you, you gotta i mean Gotta wonder, is there something wrong there? He's still been good. Seventh at, at, at Brownstown, second at Peoria. Unfortunately, got third at Kankakee and then got disqualified for not going to scales. He, so he would get 23rd at Kankakee, third at Tri-State, and seventh at Falls. Like, Shirley has not been so hot this year. Uh, do we see Shirley turn it around here in the next coming weeks? You would certainly expect him to, but yeah, he's definitely been off. I mean, yeah, I hope I hope he turns it around. It's good. The, the defending champion. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, never count out Shirley. Uh, Jason Fager, fifth as well. So, yeah, guys, that's really what's happening with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. We get ready on Wednesday night at LaSalle Speedway. Again, every lap live on Dirt Vision, presented by Dryden. Uh, Spoon River Speedway in Canton, Illinois on Thursday, Friday, Sycamore Speedway. The best pit area in the nation. Mick, you would love this place. I could see you getting a blanket, uh, you know, <laughs> having like a, a picnic because there's literally willow trees all around this all, all around the pit area with like a lake and i could just see you there just chilling like you know what i mean playing like a little guitar or something like that's how chill this pit area is like it is it's the best pit I, area. i like how you just your vision of me in my spare time is just having a picnic <laughs> just, just curious though ruben if you get into triple digits again this week you're gonna have to go take a jump in that lake you know i may have to i don't know how to swim but trust me i will go jump in that lake because holy cow it was hot at tri-city uh some people's uh, thermometers read 114 100 or 104 my watch read 104 but some people had 114 117 it was all I know, it was hot. I had a headache. Uh, it, it was brutal at, at Tri-City, and that is the definition of a Dirt Car Summer Nationals event. You mentioned how hot it was at Tri-City Speedway. Uh, summer's coming, and hotter days are just around the corner. Or not summer days and hotter days are here, I should say now, because uh, keep cool with the help of our friends at Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4 Point oh, complete your summer grooming routine with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash stick signals 21. Yes, go to manscaped.com slash stick signals 21 and you get that nice stick signals discount. Joining us this weekend on the podcast, uh, it's just been such a grind for all of us, and especially this guy, Nick Graziano. We talked about him being with Bobby Pierce. He's going to give us the insides of what it feels like to be on a Dirt Car Summer Nationals team, to be part of a winning team, to be a part of a championship team, and to be a part of a team that had you know their ups and downs, like hitting a deer and stuff like that. Let's get into the depths with Nick Graziano. Here today with World Racing Group PR manager Nick Graziano, who just had a really unique experience going out on the road with uh, Bobby Pierce on the Hell Tour. 
Uh, first of all, you made it back safe. I did. How was your trip? I'm alive. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It was a really fun week in general. Right. I mean, not only did you get a couple wins of Bobby Pierce, but you ended up at uh, Dubuque for Donnie Schott's 300th win. So. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, that, that was fun. Yeah, I was helping out a friend that day and just happened to uh, drive her to the race. Um, and, of course, it was the one that Donnie Schott happened to win. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of worked out perfectly. You must be good luck. So um, listeners to this podcast should probably know Nick as, as one of the hosts of the Open Red podcast. He was our PR coordinator on the Sprint Car Series for a while now. He oversees all the PR coordinators. Um, how did this opportunity with Bobby Pierce sort of come together? Uh, so I always had the idea of doing something like this, of just kind of a behind the scenes, joining a team. Just I always liked the first person experience kind of stories. Um, like when I worked for the newspaper, anytime I got the chance to just kind of do something with someone and see how they worked and just kind of watch what the experience was. It was, it was always fun just to write that, just kind of write the, the scribe, what it was like to kind of put people in that position, whatever mm -hmm. it was, whether it was following like a, a police officer around or I spent a day, like half a day in a jail and just kind of told you what the experience of that nice. was like. <laughs> <laughs> so I always wanted to do something like that here somehow. And I knew with Summer Nationals coming up, like it'd be cool to bring more attention to it and mm -hmm. kind of bring more content to it. So I was like, oh, I don't know how. I just thought of the ram. Like, I'll, I'll do a week with a right. team. And which to me, it was nothing. But I tell people, they're like, a week? I was yeah. like, wait, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, and then just talking with uh, Chris Dolak, who's in charge of marketing and kind of really the head of, uh, of PR and everything. Um, he threw out the idea of maybe trying out with uh, Bobby Pierce, obviously uh, Summer Nationals champion. Um, I reached out to him and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So. And you, so you showed up the last Sunday, they had just got back from the dream. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what that was like. Yeah. So it was, everything was all set up and planned. We were ready to go for the week. And then like I, I was, I, I already flew into Illinois. I was there in the area, uh, Sunday and I said, all right, I'm like, I'm here. I'll meet you at the shop Monday. Everything's still good to go. And I get the text back. I'm like, well, we wrecked at Eldora. Not sure if we're going to do this week, and I think my knuckle's broken. I'm like, oh, no. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a hold of another driver just in case uh, that fell through. I'm like, you know, I'll show up to the shop on Monday, and we'll see how it is and go from there. So I got to the shop on Monday. You could tell he, you could tell his spirits, I think, it was, were a little low after Eldora. Um, but uh, his dad and another guy, Tony, uh, who used to work with his dad a long time ago, they brought him in for this week. They were already uh, like part of the rear clip of the car was cut off. They're already trying to measure that. And I was like, so what's what's the plan? He goes, yeah, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess like he even said like for him after Eldora, he wasn't even concerned about Summer Nationals. Like I think I think if they'd skipped the week, you'd been okay. But right. I think it was just one of those things where racing, like your, your emotions are sure. so much on a roller coaster. I think that just that night, Eldora just knocked him down, but obviously got way back up when we got going again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get the car back together, and, and Tuesday was the first race. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. So we spent all day. Uh, they had already been working in the car. I got uh, to the shop maybe like 10 or something. I just kind of spent the whole day with them, just helping build body panels and measuring out different pieces and getting it all back together. So I spent all Monday, I think they worked until like one, almost two in the morning to get it ready. Wow. And Tuesday was the first race at Brownstown. 
And so we brought the car out there and just dominated Everything, everything, <laughs> everything, everything. Literally. Any, anything he could win that day, he won. We even got he he even got um, uh, best appearing a car award. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like only they only knew what this thing looked like just twelve hours ago. Right. So you have some experience in motorsports. Talk a little bit about about your background because you did drive for a little while. Yeah, and still I, do. Yeah, every now and then when I get the chance, um, I raced what they're called mod lights, modified lights up in. Uh, New York at tracks like Burton, Fulton's, Weedsport, uh, Utica Rome, Can Am. Did that for about 10 years or so. Kind of started to dwindle down a little bit as I got more into having a full time job and mm-hmm. being a little busy and being away and everything. Obviously, with this job, when I was the sprint car PR coordinator, I was gone all year long, so there was sure. no chance of that. Luckily, last year, kind of. Cool with not, not cool, the wrong word to use there, right. but with uh, uh, COVID, Kings Royal getting canceled, I had the chance to go home and run a race, won that. So it was yeah, kind of yeah, nice yeah. to just hop back in and uh, like riding a bike again. But we'll, we'll see if I can maybe try and squeeze another one in this year. Right. So, what did he have you doing on the car? I mean, you, you had some familiarity yeah. with suspension and stuff, but I think it, obviously, like I came in, I was like, you know what? Like put me to work if I can, or if not, just I'll just stay the hell. Tell me to stay the hell out of the way or whatever. But uh, they let me do like when the first day I was just helping Bobby build panels, um, riveting pieces together, and just kind of bolting the car back together, mm-hmm. kind of deal. Uh, I was helping the tire guy get tires ready. Um, then on race days, just you know, simple things, taking tires on and off, checking air pressures, scraping mud off, mm-hmm. uh, cleaning the car off, uh, just just helping, just basically just kind of being that helping hand wherever I could be. Anything they need, they said, Nick, do this, I went and did it. Right. Yeah. What What was your takeaway from it as far as, like, you know, the grueling schedule? Compare, compare that a little bit to the Sprint Car Series, which is also a grueling schedule in its own yeah. way. So I think having had the experience of being in the sprint car tour actually prepared me for it because like i knew what it was like like all right race night you're gonna be up late next race up late next race like i was kind of ready for that like i know their um tire guy kyle uh he like just i think he'd only been working with the team for maybe he said eight weeks or so he moved from florida to up in uh oakwood illinois really just, just to work for them really yeah that's like, kind of cool. He said he would hap- just happened to be at the Bristol race. You know, he's always he was always been a big lifetime racing fan. Happened to be at the Bristol race um, where Bobby's wheel fell off. And he's mm-hmm. like, I think these guys need a little help. Right. Just kind of reached out to them, said, "Hey, I'm available if you need help." And I guess they reached back, said, "Yeah." So he packed his stuff, moved to Illinois from Florida. So he he was a racer in Florida. Uh, he didn't race. Um, he just he'd helped out some teams gotcha. here and there. Um, I think he said he was in like the scrap metal business mm-hmm. um, but just just kind of a lifelong dream of his something he always wanted to do was a big fan of Bob mm-hmm. and Bobby and he's uh, r- r- really excited just to be a part of the team and be sure. part of it. it's that was one thing that's really cool to experience is you see where a lot of that passion and excitement from the crew members come from like to him like the tires are his thing mm-hmm. like he grooves them he sipes them he's the one that picks kind of helps determine what should go on where and so like when a car wins like that, that's my tire that one. right right so that's why like that's what gets him jazzed it's it's that ownership which is what i really liked about working on cars too i mean yeah. for me it was mostly front end suspension uh of, for a while it was fuel cells of all things yeah. so you, you take it personally like the car runs out of gas oh, you're yeah. like oh shit what did i do wrong right so yeah, even yeah. for the little things i did like just 
even though they're just putting a tire on or checking the embers, like, all right, I'm just like, please don't fall off. Please don't fall off. <laughs> all, right, all right, we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won the first night. You go back out. What was this, the second race? Uh, Peoria. Peoria. Yep. Where once again you guys win. One again. <laughs> Were you there on the third night? I was the third night too. Yep. Uh, that's when we finished third. We it was fourth, but after the race, um, Brian Shirley didn't go to didn't scale, go to so scale. we got third. Wow. Yeah. But you didn't even start that good that that night, right? It wasn't like tenth or something, seventh. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened that night. I should have brought my notebook. I took like notes. I was, I was writing notes right. like crazy all, all week just to try and remember everything. But yeah, it was one of those nights where I think started a little bit further back. There's a lot of, there definitely a lot of, that was, that was one of the cool nights. Like the first two nights was obviously like the first night, like nothing went wrong the first night. Right. Second night, there was a little bit more adjustments going on, but obviously we were still really good. The third night was more so where everybody was, the you can, you could really feel the, the mood change like when it's mm -hmm. really well everybody's happy and go lucky and good and everything's good but then when the car's not running well you can tell bob and bobby like even bobby like he he's tunnel vision like once mm -hmm. he's in race mode he's you can tell he's just in another world just with a whiteboard thinking of what he needs to do for setup and everything like mm -hmm. the only person that can enter that is bob his dad because he knows exactly what he's thinking what's going on but it's there's just that tension of all right well, what what do we need to do for shocks what tires do we need it's just that little more tension and everything right like you definitely feel the mood change um but yeah i think that was one of those nights where it was just one of those they were just making as many adjustments as they could and just finally hit on something right and I, i'm not familiar with what bobby has but does he does he drive around in a big toter home and a hauler or what's that yeah like? they've got um I, I don't know the exact terminology it's it's like a, a toter and they got the trailer attached it's really nice they got to ride with them uh the first night to brownstown and it, it's pretty comfortable it's yeah it's i don't i don't know why more teams don't like sprint car teams, I was saying like this. This seems like it'd be perfect for it because it's got enough room for right. the crew to sleep in there. There was like a big bed in the back mm -hmm. and bathroom and everything. It was, it was pretty cool. It's pretty nice, but uh, yeah, definitely a nice nice setup that they have. I'm sure that level of comfort is comes into play when you're doing that. Like, but Nick Hoffman, I'm pretty sure he just has like a dually and a gooseneck trailer. Yeah, whatever works for you. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it ain't the trailer that makes the driver. But yeah. At the end of the day. Um, What's the dynamic there like with Bob and Bobby? Bob being a former driver, is it a lot of respect? Is it is it interesting? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bob, like, I picked up really quickly that like if Bob tells you to do something, just do it. Mm -hmm. like, you're not you're not going to argue with him. You're, like he's been doing it for how many fifty, maybe more than that years. He's a seventy year old guy. Like he he knows he's he's seen how it's done. He knows how it's done. So it's do it this way or like get out kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He said do this. I did that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just his his knowledge and his the memory that he has is, is mm -hmm. pretty cool to see. Like you could ask him about a race from like 1970. He'd be like, he'll, he'll tell you exactly what air pressure he had, what tires he ran, what adjustments he had, like what move he should have and should have yeah. made. And it was just like, geez, I, I could barely remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> That's a whole different mentality. I've worked, I've worked with crew chiefs like that and <clears throat> drivers like that and other crew guys like that where they, you know, Weeder, Wes Weeder, maybe some listeners know him as this tire guy from the Northeast that does asphalt tires. And same thing, he can mm -hmm. tell you the stagger he had at Thompson in like 97. He can tell you where they finished. And back when I was on the team, honestly, might be able to tell you where we finished. If we won, I could remember. But but the, that encyclopedic knowledge for these, these legends have, I think it's remarkable. I think that's what 
that's a big part of that plays into their success. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was one of the cool things I found about them was, I guess, because you, you see how successful he is even when he runs against the outlaws. So, like, you kind of almost expect, like, maybe even I came in with the expectation of seeing, like, this uh, big shop with a bunch of cars, sure. like what you might think you'd see with, like, the Rocket Team or something like that. But it was just, like, it was, don't get me wrong, it was a good-sized building that they have. They they he builds their own uh, late model chassis out of there and things like that, but it just felt like this old school kind of small team mm-hmm. garage. Like when we were, I just felt like it was like me and my dad out working on the race car again sure. kind of deal. Like um, obviously they're loaded with tires and things like that, but like it's it's definitely feels like a small old school operation. But I think it's just. Um, Bobby's pretty sharp with what he's doing. He knows the cars really well. Mm-hmm. And just Bob in general, obviously, the knowledge he has, I think just combined between that is what makes them both so successful. Right. I mean, Bobby's having a great year. Oh, yeah. For so, sure. Uh, he's pretty well locked. Uh, he's not locked in. Obviously, it's early in the Hell Tour, but he's he's got a great points lead there. And, you know, he's won the two outlaw races with us. And uh, Eldora is just an anomaly. I can see how he get beat down because you, you're yeah. going in with so much confidence and, like, he just did not perform well at Eldora. I know that that car, the it, I guess you call it the black body car because they have one that's kind of more more or the black chassis. They have one that's more and more red. One's a little more black. Mm-hmm. They, have, they actually have names for them. Bobby names them. The red one's called Lucky. The black one's called Nova. It's kind of cool. Just yeah, yeah. Kind of something for that. I know the black one is kind of like they're one, the little more powerful one. The one they know performs a little bit better, and the red one's a little bit different engine, more for small tracks. But I think the black one was kind of like their main one, the one he really liked. So I think when it got wrecked, I think he got a little beat down. But yeah, they they got it back together basically. It was, as yeah, perfect as they could. It, it's the resilience. That's what it takes to be a champion and a winner in this sport. So you're going to write a story about this, yeah. I'm assuming. Any yeah. plans on when it'll come out? Or um, probably, uh, probably won't be until next week because I've got to go to um, the Firecracker this weekend. Right. So I might be a little busy with that, but I'll try and work on it in between. I've been working on it a little bit. It's just trying to. Uh, figure out how I want to map it. It's kind of this fun puzzle of, all right, how, mm-hmm. how do I actually <laughs> present this now? Right. So I've just kind of been, I've been tweaking with it a little bit and I've got a first couple paragraphs in, but I'll go back. No, nah, I don't like how that's written. I go, I want to change that. So I feel it's, that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just figuring out how to present everything and kind of tell the story of what I actually meant to do with it. Right. Any plans to do a similar story on another side? Yeah. Uh, it'd be cool to do more of them. And mm-hmm. over the years, we've been talking about I like doing summer nationals again, but with a modified driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, might do that, and it'd be cool if we could do it with a sprint car team. Or I think you should try to get or, Clyde Knipp a like second that. car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be yeah. <laughs> Clyde's help great crew dude. with him. And, yeah, <laughs> and that'd be really cool. Um, well, it's definitely a cool experience. Yeah, I, I mean. You came back in one piece. Yeah. You had a great I, experience. So. Couple, I had a blister I popped already and I got the dirt out of my nails finally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I find it kind of interesting. I mean, I, I swapped sides to come over to this, what, what they call the carpet walking side, which whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you go out and, and do the road thing and get your hands all dirty. And I still got nice clean nails. I've had them for two years now. <laughs> so I, I, I enjoyed uh, getting my hands dirty. It was nice to just work on yeah. a race car again. It was fun. I hadn't really done that in a while. So it's kind of fun just to do that mm-hmm. I felt bad the final day um, what, what was the last track we were at uh, Fairbury uh, Bobby kind of tore up the right side of the car so we're me and the guy Tony were helping rebuild it at the mm-hmm. end of the night and he was we were drilling out pieces in the uh, the spoiler to rivet it back in just kind of get it back together and uh, 
I saw the way he was holding the drill. I was like just about to say, hey, maybe should I? And I hear, ah, do his hand like, oh man, oh, I should have quicker on that. But it's that's just that comes with the territory, I guess. Sometimes. And you you had a tweet one of the nights. Uh, you know, you guys had just won, but you're already working on the car there at the track. Oh yeah, it, it was yeah. It's because you know, Hell Tour. It's next night, next night, next night. Right. So uh, why waste time? We're there at the track. There's still. They haven't turned the lights out on us yet, so just sure. get as much repaired on the car as you can that night. Right. I mean, done. you're going to be up late anyway. It's yeah. probably better than waking up early and having to set up. Like, I mean, for the most part, they're either staying at the track or going not too far from there anyway. Right. So get as much ready on the car as you can that night. Prepare for the next. That's what we did after Faber. We got the car, the whole right side of the car back together, rear deck lid and everything back together. It was ready to go for Plymouth. That they're unfortunately they got rained out, but mm-hmm. if we were going to race at Plymouth, it was ready to go that night if we had to. Wow. Well, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your busy day. Yeah, uh, you can, I know you got to cool. hit the road for the firecracker here. I was yeah. going to go, but um, plans have changed. I'll be going to PDC instead now. Yeah, plans always. I was gonna, I was gonna be at Jackson Motorplex for or Echo Jackson Nationals, but obviously firecrackers, pretty big deal. Yeah, um, we got a lot going on, even a little bit more than you think a little usual this year. So it'll be fun to right. check that out. Oh, we should talk about it in here because uh, forgot to mention in part of the other stuff we recorded. Uh, they have a cornhole tournament. Cornhole tournament, yeah. Which is $25 standard per team, not per individual. It's $25 per team. Uh, sponsored by Slick Woody. I think yep. all that money goes to charity. Yep. Leukemia. Um, and then what else? Oh, they have There's a, a camper. Uh, that's I think the officials are going to go around on Friday or so and judge who has like the best uh, looking campsite kind of thing. You're, I think there's like a trophy or something that you'll yeah, win yeah, for. Yeah, I saw it, the so. trophy. The trophy's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It'll, be, yeah, it'll be a really cool experience. I, I'd never been to the firecracker before, right. so this will be fun. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really good field. I was hoping Bobby would make it, but Bobby's going to be out there on the Hell Tour that he's leading the points. So. Yeah, for sure. I know because obviously they won. Uh, you get like each week is kind of its own little championship thing. Right. So they won the first week championship pretty much. Um, I, I know he said they're not going to be able to do all of them because I think he has a wedding or something. He has to go right. to his sister's wedding. He's, yep. He has to go to. Um, but I think you could, there's like five races you can miss throughout the yep, 36. Yeah, the drop five. Yeah, throughout the 36 races. So um, they'll miss, I think, just a small handful. But yeah, they're uh, from not looking to doing the Summer Nationals to going full board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it'd be like that. But yeah. Well, I'm glad that you could send Bobby Pierce off on a fantastic season with a couple yeah, wins. Yeah, you know, help him get off on the right foot. You know, yeah. Yeah, we'll see if he, how well he does when we're not there anymore. But If, if he starts to struggle, you're going to go back get a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we, in the PR group, we all said, you know, oh, Nick's going to start getting calls from drivers now, left and right. <laughs> but, That's all right. I'll make a story out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, on race night. There's a lot of work that goes into it from tires to maintenance to eating to sleeping to traveling to laundry to just keeping up with everything around you. You just get in the zone. But uh, that's pretty cool for Nick to do that. Uh, Nonetheless, let's look at the Dirt Vision schedule. I'm telling you, if you have your Dirt Vision Fast Pass, you are getting what your money's worth. If you don't, you are missing out and you should get it now, Uh, especially that Platinum Pass because the Dirt Vision schedule looks like this. Wednesday night, the Hell Tour continues at the LaSalle Speedway race number six of the 36th annual Dirt Car Summer Nationals and race number six of the 11th annual Dirt Car Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals. Thursday, check this out. Dirt Car Summer Nationals continues at Spoon River, and we all remember the race last year with Brian Shirley and Kent Robinson. What a phenomenal show that was. Spoon River is a hidden gem, but that's not my point. You also have two other races on Thursday on Dirt Vision. You have Jackson Motorplex with the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, and 
night one of the Firecracker 100 at the Lernerville Speedway. Friday, you have a lot of shows. You have the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series at Lernerville for night two of the Firecracker 100, World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars at Jackson Motorplex, and then the Dirt Car Summer Nationals at Sycamore Speedway, which you all will love, and Williams Grove Speedway plus Attica Raceway Park. There you go. That is five shows, five races on Friday. Uh, Saturday, it continues for the final night of the Firecracker 100 at Lernerville with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series at Jackson Motorplex, and one of my favorite stops with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. We are at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peavely, Missouri. We get a lot of cars. The racing's fun. The atmosphere is amazing, and we are ready to hit the high banks at i-55 and then sunday the dirt car summer nationals are at yes yes jacksonville speedway in jacksonville illinois we all remember the race between brandon shepherd and bobby pierce in lap traffic what a heck of a race that was obviously we didn't get the luxury of going to jacksonville speedway last year so we're back with the dirt car summer nationals at jacksonville speedway uh, for the first time in two years with the dirt car summer nationals that is going to be phenomenal it's all on dirt vision presented by Dryden. get your fast pass now visit dirtvision.com if not get that platinum pass you will not regret it i promise you this will be one of the best investments you'll ever do download the apps. You can watch it conveniently and comfy anywhere, anytime on Dirt Vision presented by Driding. Well, on behalf of Mike, Mick, uh, it's been a fun week and a busy week. We are uh, catching up on rest, laundry, and doing everything else, uh, checking the squares up above from our to-do list as we get ready for another week of the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. Thank you all so much for listening to episode number 19 of Stick Signals. Have a great week, everybody. 